Hello there, everyone. Welcome to the Digital Nomad Mastery Podcast, the podcast and the videocast where we teach you how to make money while traveling the world. And on today's episode, we have a very special guest who is a well-known figure in the travel industry, having spoke at the conferences around the world, having been awarded the top travel photography of the year three times. And, uh, you know, he's a well-known traveler for uh, the last few decades. And uh, we have the pleasure of interviewing him on the show today. So, uh, Gary, uh, to start off with, why don't we get to know you a little bit better if you want to share a little bit more uh, for the sake of the people listening and watching today? Uh, yeah, my name's Gary Arndt. Uh, I started traveling back in 2007. I sold my home uh, thinking I was going to travel around the world for a year or two, and it just kind of never ended. <laughs> That's the short <laughs> <laughs> uh, you have a great website it's uh, see everything go everywhere and literally that's what you've done you've uh, seen everything and gone everywhere and i'm sure there's still more to see and more and where more places to go but uh maybe you can start off with telling us about some of the different uh cities countries continents and places you've gone over the last uh you know decade or so of traveling oh man um i've been to like 180 different countries and territories on the Traveler Century Club list. Well, actually, it's almost 190. Um, I've been to all seven continents. You know, my favorite places are the ones that, that don't get a whole lot of visitors. So I was just, for example, last week I was in Sable Island, which is this very small, hard to reach island off the coast of Nova Scotia. Doesn't get a lot of visitors every year. Uh, you know, I took a 10 day boat trip to get there. Uh, been to St. Helena, which is a five-day boat trip each way just to get there, uh, starting out of Cape Town. South Georgia, uh, Oman. Man, there's just so many. I, I don't even know where to start on talking about the places I've been. Well, uh, uh, also, maybe you can cover the places you haven't been yet. I mean, uh, your goal is to see everything go everywhere. So where haven't you gone so far? There are obvious places. I've been to a lot of, like, tiny little island countries. But I haven't been to Russia, mainland China, Brazil, Peru, um, some real obvious ones. Uh, so if you look at a map of the world, because I haven't been to some of these really big countries, it actually looks like I haven't been to a lot of places. Yeah, yeah that, that's quite funny there. Uh, yeah, definitely. If, if you end up going to Russia, even if you go to Moscow or something, then you can pretty much fill the whole map and it covers, uh, uh, you know, it's the biggest country in the world after mine, which is Canada. Uh, so, uh, Gary, you have a particular passion for UNESCO. Uh, tell us about why, uh, why and how you got this particular interest. Uh, when I started traveling, uh, one of the first places I went was Hawaii. And I went to Hawaii Volcanoes National Park. And I saw when I was there, it had the sign saying it was a UNESCO World Heritage Site. I had no idea what that was. So I went online and researched it. And at the time, there were like 800 some World Heritage Sites. And I saw that one of my next stops, which was Easter Island, was a World Heritage Site. And then I was going to go to New Zealand, and they had a couple of them. And so I just started going out of my way to visit some of these places. And, and a lot of times, they're places you'd probably go anyhow. They're rather obvious destinations. Um, one I went to in the Solomon Islands really required me to go out of my way. I went to the island of Rennell. Uh, and they told me they get like 10 visitors a year there. Um, and it, it just kind of has become something I do. And as of uh, today, recording this, I've been to 335 of them around the world. And uh, as far as I know, there's about a thousand, right? Uh, in terms of the total number of UNESCO sites? 
yeah, as of the most recent convention, which happened last week, there are now about 1,070-something. I have to check to see what the exact number is. So uh, out of all the, like, you went to about 300, any particular site uh, stand out or you want to recommend to the people listening and viewing? Oh, there are, there are lots of them. Uh, you know, a lot of these are places that are not obvious tourist attractions because they talk about parts of culture that uh, maybe don't get a lot of attention. You know, the Taj Mahal and the Great Pyramid and things like that are always going to draw people. But I was recently in Sweden last month, for example, and I visited seven World Heritage sites there. And a lot of them were like cultural heritage. Uh, there was an old ironworks. There was a copper mine that I visited. Um, some old decorated farmhouses. Those are the kind of things that are neat parts of history that people probably wouldn't go out of their way to visit if they hadn't been recognized <laughs> as World Heritage Sites. Um, there are also some great national parks that don't get a lot of attention. So like Mulu National Park and the island of Borneo and Malaysian Borneo, fantastic. Uh, not a lot of people go there. Nahani National Park in Northern Canada, also fantastic. And uh, you know, I'd say nine times out of 10 when I go to a World Heritage site that I'm not familiar with, it's usually a pleasant surprise. And then, you know, there are 10% that are kind of duds and I sort of wonder why they got listed. But uh, for the most part, it, it's been a great experience. So uh, you document a lot of your uh, photography, your blogging, and your journeys on a website called See Everything, Go Everywhere. So maybe you can walk us through when did you start the website and what are the major themes and topics that you, you cover? Yeah, the website's just called Everything Everywhere. Uh, and basically, it's a lot of my photography and uh, my thoughts and uh, kind of summaries of a lot of the places I visited. Uh, the blog's been running now for almost 11 years. It'll be 11 years in October. So it's one of the longer running travel blogs out there. And um, you know, it's kind of the, the home base for everything else I do. So what are the major themes uh, you cover on everything, everywhere? Well, obviously, like uh, UNESCO sites and national parks, um, culture, history, things like that. It's, for most travel sites, it's probably easier to talk about the things I don't do. I don't particularly talk about hotels, airlines, things like that, which most travel sites end up talking about, because I just don't think that the, the hows of travel you know, we don't travel to sit on an airplane or sit in a hotel room. We travel to go see stuff and to learn about new things. And the hotels and the flights are just a means of doing that. And it's just not something that interests me. So I think you got awarded the, the world's best travel photographer, not once, not twice, but three times. Uh, so tell me about your photography and uh, uh, tell me about uh, some of the amazing photographs you've taken and, uh, you know, your photography in general. Uh, it wasn't the world's best. Uh, they were national level awards in the United States and Canada uh, for, for two different professional organizations. But... Um, yeah, I, you know, my, my travel photography has been recognized, which is great because basically I knew nothing about photography when I started traveling. I bought a camera that I didn't know how to use, and then I basically uh, taught myself how to do it. And, uh, you know, my photography continues to improve. I'm still learning stuff, you know, even today. So, you know, as a fellow traveler, that's one of my goals to get better at uh, photography. Uh, I don't uh, like carrying around a DSLR just because of the heaviness factor 
the theft fracture, it might get broken. Uh, so tell us about what uh, uh, cameras you take. Is it a smartphone, a point and click, a DSLR, or all of the above? Uh, none of the above. I use a mirrorless camera. So the difference between DSLR and a mirrorless is that there's a mirror inside that you're looking through. Uh, mirrorless cameras may outwardly look like an SLR, uh, but they function very different. They tend to be a little bit smaller, a little bit lighter, uh, but they still can be very expensive. So I switched from Nikon to Sony last year, and, and that's pretty much what I use for everything. Uh, I do have an iPhone that I carry with me, uh, and I'll use that for some snapshots, but you know, for the most part, I'm using that camera. So uh, what tips or advice would you give to someone who's maybe thinking of getting into travel photography and, uh, you know, they just don't know where to start because it's an overwhelming topic. There's literally courses and, uh, you know, trainings and uh, schools dedicated to taking better pictures. From your experience and expertise, what tips or advice you give to someone who's an aspiring or new photographer? Uh, well, you know, taking a course is not necessarily a bad idea. I mean, it took me 10 years of traveling around the world full time pretty much. Uh, to get where I am today. And if you don't want to spend that much time, uh, you know, learning from someone that came before you is probably a, a good way to do it. Uh, I have an online course that I started called the Travel Photography Academy. And it's a video-based course where I've gone through uh, all the, as the basic aspects of photography and then also uh, a lot of aspects of travel photography as well. So things that you're going to deal with specifically when you're traveling that you might not be dealing with if you're just shooting at home or shooting in a studio. Uh, but you know, the biggest thing is to understand how your camera works. There's all these buttons and knobs and dials on a camera and so many people just ignore them and they just shoot in auto. But those knobs and dials, they do things. They're there for a reason. And if you can understand what they do and understand how exposure works, and then also, you know, I would save your files in RAW, which are you know basically a digital negative uh, because it helps um, it's higher quality, you can edit them, and plus you can save them for posterity and edit them at a later date once you become better at that. Well, you know, I'm guilty of being one of those people who takes pictures on auto, even though I have a DSLR, partly because I just don't know how to use all the dials and knobs and features and functions. Um, so if people want to just start with a DSLR or like you said, a, a mirrorless, uh, what are the major knobs and, uh, you know, uh, uh, no, uh, things they can use to start, to start moving from automatic to manual gradually? Uh, you don't necessarily want to be in manual. I don't shoot manual. I shoot in aperture priority mode, which means I am controlling the aperture, which is the hole in the camera that lets light in, uh, the size of that, and I let the camera determine the shutter speed. And then I'll also uh, determine the ISO, which is the sensitivity settings. And those three things, aperture, shutter speed, ISO, are what determine your exposure. And you just need to know how to balance those three things. And uh, I always recommend aperture priority mode for travel, simply because um, if you're trying to shoot everything manually, that can be very time consuming sometimes. And you have a computer in your camera, so you might as well offload some of the work to it while you can control uh, the basic and most important things. 
So, uh, you know, one of the objections to people traveling, Gary, as you and I both know, is uh, time and money. And uh, you've been able to travel for over a decade and, uh, you know, uh, make a full-time career as a travel photographer, travel writer. Uh, tell us about how you generate uh, some of your income uh, online. Uh, well, now I basically, you know, when I, my website and uh, assorted things is kind of my business. Uh, I do sponsorships and endorsements with uh, different travel brands, um, do marketing things on Instagram. Um, I'm launching a brand new podcast, uh, which I hope will be very successful using Patreon. There's a whole host of things. Uh, I don't think you can just have one way to do it, but basically, uh, you know, you're making content and people are hopefully liking it. Uh, you develop a following and then you can make money that way. But it takes a long time to do it. And I, get, I see a lot of people, it's like, yeah, I'm going to do a trip around the world. I want to get sponsors. And I'm just shaking my head. It's like, no, you're not. Because you haven't done anything. And unless you have an audience, there's absolutely no reason why anybody would, would give money. It takes years to do it. And the problem with traveling is if you want that to pay for your travels, uh, you're probably going to have to travel for several years on your own dime before you can get anybody to uh, give you any money. And you know, I started this in 2007. And it was over three years before anybody in the travel industry bothered to talk to me. And uh, there was a lot of people who started back then were kind of in the same boat. Uh, simply nobody, you know, was spending money out of it at the time. So we did this for years and we did it because we loved it, not because we were trying to make money. Yeah, great advice there. I think a lot of people have an incorrect perception that if they just start a travel blog and they uh, start reaching out to sponsors, they're going to get free stuff or paid stuff. But it definitely is uh, a, a learning journey and a work, a lot of work. Uh, I've been doing my blog for five years and still, uh, you know, it's still a lot of work I get to put, put in every single day. Uh, so, Gary, um, you've actually slowed down a little bit. I mean, uh, at first you were an avid, fanatic uh, traveler. Uh, you know, like we mentioned, uh, seeing everything, going everywhere. And now you've slowed it down a little bit. Uh, tell us a little bit about uh, the transition. Uh, what made you settle more and uh, slow down the pace of travel for yourself? You know, I was on the road for nine years, and I got to a point where I was just getting burned out. It was very hard to work on the road, having crappy Wi-Fi and being in hotel rooms without a desk. Um, and... Nine years is a long time. You know, a lot of people I know that were that started doing this around the period I did, uh, they all eventually got off the road because it's a very hard thing to sustain for that long. Eventually, uh, it does kind of grow tiring, and a lot of that excitement you have when you start traveling goes away. So, yeah, I, I got an apartment uh, here in Minneapolis. I still travel a lot. I would say, you know, last year I was on the road half the time. This year I'll probably be on the road maybe a quarter, a third of the time. So that's still quite a bit. And, you know, that's still more than most travel writers or travel photographers uh, are on the road. So, uh, but it also gives me more time to focus on the business now. Into the game, that's what I need to do because I've really, you know, I think I've earned my travel credentials. Uh, so now I need to start focusing on, on different things. So, uh, you know, out of your decade and a plus of traveling, Gary, uh, what are the major life lessons? I, I truly believe that uh, travel is here to teach us things. And every single day I travel, I'm learning something new. Um, what are your major life lessons over your decade plus of traveling? Oh, don't, don't let things get to you. You know, I, I see people all the time. You know, I just got off a flight 
like an hour and a half ago. And there are these people that were just, you know, well, we got to make our plane. We got to make our plane. And this kept talking about it. And they were so worried about it. And I just don't worry about that stuff anymore. Um, you just tend to let things go. Uh, don't plan too much. You know, it's better to adapt than to try to over plan things. And um, yeah, I think a lot of it is just having a good attitude. And when you try Uh, Gary, I think we've uh, lost him here. Um, I'm going to share a little bit more while I wait for Gary to rejoin. Uh, but basically, we are currently in uh, Medellin, Colombia, which is a big digital nomad hotspot. And, uh, uh, you know, we're only uh, seven months into our travel journey. It's been an amazing adventure. So Gary's definitely been an inspiration for me. Uh, when we were back in Vancouver, BC, Canada, I was looking for top travel writers, top travel bloggers, and Gary's name kept coming up over and over. And I would listen to some podcasts and there's Gary Arndt. I would uh, read some articles, there's Gary Arndt. The top 10 uh, writers, there's Gary Arndt. And uh, even uh, I was listening to his own podcast called The Global Conspiracy uh, Podcast. Um, and uh, yeah, definitely a great inspiration for me and for literally hundreds if not thousands and thousands of people around the world. So it looks like Gary's back. Uh, we lost you for a little bit there. <laughs> uh, yeah, Gary, uh, it's on my phone, so it's not stable platforms. So Gary, uh, tell us about uh, your vision going forward. Uh, uh, like we've talked about already in the podcast, you've been traveling for about 10 years. Now you've got a home base there in Minneapolis, uh, Minnesota. You travel about a quarter to a third of the year. Where do you see yourself in the next few months, and especially in the next few years, where do you see yourself, your travels, and your business? Uh, next few months, uh, right now, it looks like I'll be going to Indonesia, Norway, Ireland, Argentina, uh, maybe the Virgin Islands uh, at the end of this year. And, you know, uh, as far as the business, I'm, I'm kind of redoing a lot of my, my website, which I've kind of let uh, fall by the wayside the last couple of years. So I'm putting a new effort into that. And I'm launching a new podcast very soon. Uh, it'll simply be called the Everything Everywhere podcast. And it's not really going to be, it'll, it's not really a travel show. Uh, I'll be talking about different subjects, things that I've, I've learned in the course of traveling, but not necessarily travel per se. Uh, and I'm really kind of excited for that. So you got your podcast, you got your photography, you got your courses. Um, we've already covered the fact that you've been to seven continents, 300 UNESCO sites, over 100 countries. Um, your goal is obviously to do everything, uh, go everywhere. What are some of your big bucket list items, Gary, in terms of, uh, uh, you've mentioned the countries you haven't seen, like Peru, Brazil, Russia. Any uh, major sightseeing or other countries that you want to see before you kick the bucket, so to speak? I would like to do... Uh 
yeah, I'd like to do a, like the Trans-Mongolian Railroad. I'd like to do a big trip in China. Uh, I'd like to do a trip in the Caucasus. Um, I'd love to go back to Antarctica, maybe explore some of the islands in the uh, sub-Antarctic and uh, a lot in the Arctic too. I'm working on a project to photograph every national park in the United States and Canada. And a lot of those are still up in the Canadian Arctic and they're very hard to get to. So over the next several years, I'm going to be trying to visit some of the parks up there. And some of them, quite frankly, I have absolutely no idea how I'm going to do it at this point. It's just kind of waiting for opportunities uh, to come up. So yeah, the world is an extremely big place and I've only been really doing this for a decade and I could easily see myself doing this for, you know, a couple decades more. Awesome. Exciting times to come. So, you know, some of our listeners and, uh, and viewers, they might actually have never actually left their own city, their own state, their own country, and you've traveled uh, so many places. Uh, what would you say to that person who, who's just starting out, who wants to travel more, and they just don't know where to begin? At some point, you just have to do it. Go online, buy a plane ticket, put some clothes in a bag, and go somewhere. It doesn't have to be for a long time, for years. Uh, it could just be for two days and just do it. And, you know, uh, in, 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 if you're nervous, go somewhere that's very familiar. Go somewhere in a country where they speak the same language or someplace that, um, you know, you think culturally and linguistically you can handle. And just, just go there, a place where no one knows you or you've never been before and walk around and just explore. And ultimately, you know, you can put it off and try to plan, but at the end of the day, you have to do it. So you might as well rip the Band-Aid off and just get the plane ticket. Yeah, I definitely agree with that, Gary. Uh, so to end off with, uh, tell us about uh, how people can find you. Uh, we mentioned your site a few times, but uh, how can people get the uh, photography course, uh, listen to your podcast, connect with you on social media, and more? Uh, kind of the hub for everything is my website, which is everything-everywhere.com. Uh, and if you want to learn from me, you know, travel photography and how to become a better photographer, go to travelphotographyacademy.com, uh, where you can sign up for the course. And it's a lifetime subscription. You pay once and, uh, you get it for life and all the updates we do. So we do monthly webinars with some of the best travel photographers in the world, as well as new content that I'm always creating. Awesome. Uh, so thanks for your time today. I know you have a busy travel schedule and you actually literally got off a plane and then jumped on the interview with me. So thanks for your time today, Gary. Thanks for having me. Thanks everyone for tuning into this episode of Digital Nomad Mastery. It was a real pleasure and a joy to have uh, one of the uh, the giants, if you want to call it that, of the travel industry, Gary Arndt. As you can tell, he's just an average everyday traveler as well. Uh, very down to earth, very willing to help out, uh, support other people just starting out. So whether you're just starting to travel, whether you want to get into travel photography, or whether, whether you just want to uh, you know, pick his brain, to, so to speak, definitely highly recommend connecting with Gary on his website, um, Everything Everywhere, on his podcast, Everything Everywhere podcast. And also uh, make sure you check out his uh, photography course as well if you want to take amazing pictures like Gary has done, is doing, and continues to do. Uh, so thanks, uh, thanks again, Gary, and I'm sure we'll catch up soon. All right, thanks for having me. Thanks, everyone. Uh, make sure you subscribe to us on iTunes. That helps us out with our rating and review and uh, bumping up, bumping us up in the PodTunes ranking. Uh, make sure you subscribe if you're watching this on YouTube. Uh, we have both audio version and video version. And, uh, you know, uh, we'll catch you up and we'll catch up with you in the next episode. Thanks for tuning in to Digital Nomad Mastery.
the podcast and the videocast where we teach you how to make money while traveling the world.